0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Our hope in this series is give you a few questions that you can think about with yourself or sit with some friends and talk about these different things. So that is what we're going through tonight. Um, but before we get into scripture, there's a question. Throw it up, Kelsey turn to your neighbor and answer these two questions. Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to others or judging others? Why do you think we do that? And do you think we can make accurate judgments about what is happening in other people's lives? Why or why not? So, You guys got two minutes. (laughs) Anyone like me ever found themselves judging someone else? Anyone? Yes, Yes, all of us. Uh, Any reasons why you think we do that? You guys come up with anything? A couple people? Human nature. Human nature. True. What else you got? happiness is relative to other people and things. True. Happiness is relative to other people and things. One more? you guys hear that? If you're introverted, you can turn the lens in on yourself and be kind of seeing what's looking at yourself critically, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think all those are true. Um, do you guys think we can make accurate judgments about people's lives? Why are we not? Anyone have a thought on that? Yeah, Alex. That's true. Cool. Well, we're going to keep talking about this thing, these things. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the Scripture. The Scripture comes from Matthew, and this is from the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is talking to a crowd, and he is he's speaking. It says this, uh, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be used to measure you. It will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye." You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the question that Jesus is asking us is, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye?" When you first look at this text, it feel it seems pretty obvious. Don't be hypocritical. Uh, I spent some time this spring in Peru, and when we were there, we were driving around in this car that was had Chilean plates, it was from Chile, and almost everyone we encountered talked about how much, everyone in Peru talked about how much they didn't like Chileans because Chileans were racist. And it was kind of this ongoing joke that we were like, okay, that these Peruvians were completely blind to the fact that, to their own racism, that they didn't like people just because they were racist. And we thought that was pretty funny, but... It was just one of these examples that we can all be blind to our own faults. So, but when we come to this text, we have to remember that Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is, uh, usually there's a meaning that seems pretty clear, but there's also something deeper going on. So the question with this scripture is, what's the deeper meaning? Uh, so oftentimes, this is kind of what Chris brought up, we can be uh, harsher judges on ourselves, than even the way that we judge others. Uh, Bruner, who's a theologian, talks about how this scripture may be speaking to this broader issue of judgment and this critical outlook. He talks about how the plank in our own eye could be the log of fault-finding, the disease of the critical nature. So he's saying, this if you look at this whole thing, it might be more about just this idea of how this, this plank in our own eye can be this critical nature, like these kind of judgmental lenses that we wear that kind of taint the way we see the world, we see others. And in the beginning of the scripture, it talks about do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And with this idea of kind of these judgmental lenses, you see how this is true. Or any time I want to compare myself to someone, I judge myself. Okay, am I pretty or she pretty or is my job cool enough or whatever it is you weigh yourself you weigh them and then you compare and even with that you can kind of see how this critical this critical nature um the way that we look at things we end up judging ourselves Uh, so what jesus is asking us to do is to get rid of this kind of this critical spirit that we we have in us and that we use to see the world but my question is, where do we, where does this come from? Why do we judge? And I think this has a lot to do with our worth. It might be strange at first, but, often, but most often I think we judge others to figure out how worthy am I or how do I measure up. Uh, and we can get our worth from two places. We can get our worth from God and what he says about us and who he says we are. Or we can get our worth from other people by saying, okay, you're this good and I'm this good, so how good am I? Uh, And this is something that has been happening since the beginning of time. Uh, The first two stories in the Bible talk about this. So back in Genesis, Adam and Eve had this perfect relationship with God. So they got all their worth from God. And that was part of the benefit of this pure relationship that they had. But as soon as the serpent came into the story, and Eve took the apple, gave some to Adam, and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all of a sudden they were aware of the fact that they were imperfect. And they got really uncomfortable with that. They were aware of these imperfections. They realized they were naked. They hid from God. Uh, And suddenly their worth was no longer coming straight from God. So when God came into the scene, you immediately see them do what we do. We turn to the other person and we compare. Well, Adam points out at Eve and says, well, she's the one who took the apple. And Eve was like, well, the serpent did this. The serpent was the one who got me to eat the apple. So immediately you see as soon as they lose this relationship of getting their worth straight from God, they start comparing themselves to others. Well, at least I'm better than Eve, because she's the one who took the apple. Well, at least I'm So they do this thing. Uh, they felt insecure, and instead of looking back to God, they pointed out each other's faults. And the second story in the Bible is Adam and Eve's kids, Cain and Abel. They, they had two sons. One was a farmer, and one was a... Cain was a farmer, Abel was a shepherd. Abel, it says, gave the best of his flocks to God. His first flocks. Uh, and so that means that he had this trusting relationship with God. He probably had a really strong relationship. Believed that God would provide for him. So Abel has a strong relationship with God. And it says Cain just gave some of his fruits. So Cain, probably, you can infer from that, doesn't have as strong of a relationship. And Cain became jealous of Abel's relationship. And he got his worth from comparing. And he's like, oh my gosh, I do not measure up. So he murders his brother. That's those are the first two stories in the Bible where it talks about this idea of us kind of taking worth from others when we feel insecure. And in this in this story, I mean, Abel's relationship with God would have nothing to do with how worthy or unworthy Cain is. If Cain wanted to fix his relationship with God, it doesn't, that's a separate thing. You guys see how that works. Yeah, you're following. Um, so my question for us is what, do you do in a moment of insecurity? Do you look at God for your worth, or do you compare yourselves to others? think about that for a second? I think we're kind of constantly in this exchange of worth, where we're giving worth away and we're taking worth from other people through these critical lenses that we wear. Um, you might be like, oh my gosh, this person looks better in a bathing suit, so they're worth more, but I have this cooler internship, so now I'm worth more. And this is something that I think we do subconsciously all the time. So we're going to do a little activity. And this is going to help us hopefully experience consciously what we might be doing often subconsciously. So under your chair, you have a little, uh, four little pieces of paper and some pennies. So what you're going to do is you're going to find a person. You're going to read the first thing on the piece of paper. You're gonna do what it says about what the pennies. Then you're gonna fi- They're gonna read you yours. You're gonna find a new person. If you run out of pennies, sit down. The person with the most pennies at the end wins a gift card to Starbucks. Raise your hand if you went in debt. <laughs> oh man, you gotta get some better weekends. Uh, raise. Uh, did anyone who thinks they got the most pennies? Who got five? Who has six? Seven? Eight? 9 Oh, you got to count them. We're at 9. 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 What you got? 19 Woo! Cool. Well, this activity, I don't know if you guys could relate to any of those or not relate. Maybe what would be going on in your mind if you're reading someone's, your news feed or something, you know, on Facebook. Um, but we're kind of always doing these exchanges of worth where we're like, Oh my gosh, my friend looks so good today. I, she's worth so much more than me. And we might not be knowing we're doing that, but I think subconsciously we're doing these comparisons and we're saying who is more, who's more worthy than the other. Uh, This constant judging is exhausting. Uh, We are all trying to figure out, okay, who am I? Am I okay? Am I enough? And if we're constantly looking to each other, we're constantly being like, oh my gosh, I did really good on my test. Oh my gosh, but I don't look as good. But then I got the boyfriend, but this. And we're constantly up and down, and our worth is up and down, and our emotions are up and down, and it's exhausting. And I think our generation suffers a lot from anxiety anxiety and I think we feel, can oftentimes feel very unstable, and I wonder if, I wonder if you guys have felt any of that, and I wonder if you think any of that could come from kind of this constant up and down comparing that we do. And I, and I think some of this fear, or some of this is driven from this fear of scarcity. In this game, there are only a certain number of pennies, and if, your friend got pennies, then it meant that you lost pennies, or there was there were less for you to get. Yeah, so everyone was fighting to get their hands on these few pennies that were in the room. But what if you had an endless supply of pennies? What if you had a cup that was constantly overflowing with pennies, so much that they would spill over the sides? What if you had millions and even billions? of dollars worth of pennies. How would this change the way that you played the game? Would you still be taking pennies from others? Or would you worry about every penny that dropped onto the floor? My guess is we wouldn't. My guess is we would be dropping pennies left and right and without a care. And if someone owed us some pennies, we, would, we wouldn't mind, or we wouldn't take them from them. We wouldn't even notice. Um, when I thought about this, I thought about, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the cartoon DuckTales. Has anyone seen that? Where there's the uncle and he's always swimming I think there's a picture. He's always swimming through this room of pennies, (laughs) or gold coins. And I was picturing, if you are this guy, like, you don't care if you drop some pennies on the ground. You're not chasing pennies. Because you know you have this entire room full of gold coins. And (laughs) so when I was, I was like, maybe there's a picture of how much space a million pennies take up. So I kind of got on this internet distraction, distraction search. And then me and Janie started talking. But I found some, this is kind of a side note, but put up the next slide. Some really interesting things about the difference between a million and a billion. A million seconds is 12 days, and a billion seconds is 31 years. Isn't that insane? And the second fun fact is if you had a million dollars and were told to spend $1,000 a day, you'd spend it all in three years. If you're spending a billion dollars, it would take you 3,000 years spending $1,000 a day. Isn't that insane? So if you knew you had this endless supply of money, this endless supply of pennies, I think if you were playing this game, you wouldn't, you wouldn't care. You'd be dropping pennies everywhere, people would scrounging to pick them up, and you'd just be overflowing. Many of you guys can probably see where we're going with this, but uh, God declares us priceless. He says in Isaiah, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born?" Though she may forget, I will never forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. God has this abundant, never-ending supply of love and worth that he wants to give us. And when we're in relationship with him, he offers freely this love and this worth. And it's like having this room full of gold coins that we can swim in. Yet we, and myself included, are often worried about these pennies. Do I measure up here? Do I measure up here? Where do I get this? And we judge our friends, we judge our stra- strangers, we judge ourselves, and we see if we're worthy or less worthy, and we're stuck in this like tiny little world fighting over pennies instead of enjoying the riches of knowing God and knowing his love and his worth that he declares to us. Uh, so, next question is, how would your life or the lives of others around you be different if people understood the worth of Christ and removed kind of this critical judgmental plank in our eyes. So turn and talk to your neighbor, think about how would things look different. In your own life or in our community, what would be different? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You guys hear that? Less mental health issues, less Issues with self-esteem, anxiety. Hannah? We'd be happier. What I agree. Trent? It's kind of a side note, but we talked about how we would the education rate would be way different, especially if you're in the dog. Yeah. This is a very competitive school that comes from the top. What else? be a lot easier to focus on the present than living in the future. Emily? Totally. Those are awesome ones. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been around someone who, who you feel like knows this and experiences how much they're loved and how worthy they are in Christ. But they're super fun to be around. (laughs) They're not judgmental. And I feel like they're very generous with compliments. They're generous with, and not fake compliments, but like they're generous with their love, with their time. Um, And there was three things that I, I, and these are the same things you guys pointed out, three things that I thought we might experience if we could remove this plank from our eyes. Uh, The three things were, didn't put them up there. Oh, there they are. Out of order. Uh, freedom, joy, and deeper relationships. I think, like you guys said, we would have freedom. Because if we aren't judging others or judging ourselves, we're free to just be who we are. Free to be where we're at. Free to be live into who we're created to be. And not um, not have to worry about all these different things that we do and all how we're measuring up and what we're posting on Facebook and how many likes we get. And I think we would also have, like you guys said, a lot more joy. That if we are, we're free and we know we're loved and worthy, there is joy that comes from that. And we can begin to participate in giving other people worth that Christ declares to them. We can overflow, our pennies can overflow into other people. That we can, we can start declaring work worth and work with the Holy Spirit to do that. And I think if we were working with the Holy Spirit, we would experience some of the joy and life that comes from doing that. And finally, deeper relationships. Uh, And this was one that I thought of when... It's always funny when you do these talks how often I think about this and caught myself doing this. Um, But a few weeks ago, I was hanging out with a friend, and she was talking about her life, and everything was going awesome. And she was, like, talking about how all these different things were going so great. And the more and more she talked, the worse and worse I felt. And I was like, what is wrong? And I even started getting, like, frustrated at her in my head. And I left that conversation being like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was doing this You know, I was completely comparing myself to this person. And the better she's doing, I felt like that meant the worse that I was. Because I was having a hard week. And I look back on that and I'm like, that is totally divisive of friendships. I want to be able to be, be able to celebrate with people and mourn with people and be present with them. And not feeling like if someone's having a bad day and I'm having a good day, I get extra points. Or vice versa. That if someone's doing well in a class and I'm not, then then I'm less worthy. I want to be able to, all that judgment I feel like really gets in the way of experiencing these true, deep, genuine friendships. So I think we would experience a lot more depth in friendship. But how do we do this practically? How do we remove this plank from our own eyes? I think there's two main things. First is just to know, to know God's love for us, to sit in his love, to know that we have this room full of, pennies or a room full of gold coins that um, that was overflowing and to sit in scripture maybe worship maybe spending time with people that build you up uh reading god's word and i was thinking about i don't know if you guys are ever in situations and all of a sudden your parents voice comes into your mind you didn't ask for their opinion or their thoughts but you just hear them being like i don't know whether it's a cheesy joke or you shouldn't be doing that or i love this like sometimes you just hear your parents And I think that that's similar, and the reason you hear that is because you've heard that whatever it is so many times, it just pops in there. And I think that that's true with scripture, where if we can spend time writing this scripture on our hearts and in our minds and praying it and reading it, that it will be something that will pop in there. So we have this judgmental thought, or we tear ourselves down, and all of a sudden, poof, this truth comes into our brain, and the words of truth, we can hear it. I think that is a huge piece of this. I think... Also, the second thing is us just becoming aware of when we are doing this. And this has been what I was thinking about the last few weeks is like just beginning to recognize when I'm doing that to myself, when I'm judging other people, and what I'm doing when I feel insecure, what a, to pay attention to that. Uh, and then also, I was thinking about the, anyone watch the World Cup game today? Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but one thing with these professional soccer players is they never kick the ball with your toe. You ever played soccer? You're not supposed to kick it with your toe. And that's not something that they think about. They're not like, oh, the ball's coming to me. Don't kick it with my toe. They just, they just do it naturally. And that's because they've trained and subconsciously know what to do when the ball comes to them. And I think in the same way we can train our bodies, our minds are trained. So we've trained them. I've trained mine. When I go on Facebook, judge, 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 judge. Or... Whatever it is, you're walking to class, judge, 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 judge. And we've trained our minds to have these responses. And we have to retrain them to do something else. And that's like that's going to take discipline. That's going to take work. That's not going to be like, okay, God, change my mind. Like, it's going to take us realizing what's practicing scriptures, doing these different things. Uh, and there was a pastor, his name was Greg Boyd, and he wrote in this book about how he was at the mall And he realized he was doing this. He was making judgments about everyone, the outfit that they're wearing, how good of a parent they were, just sitting there judging for hours. And he realized, like, man, this is not what God wants me to be doing. So he began to go back to them all. But instead of judging, he would try to pray a blessing over these different people that he saw. Or he would try to speak words of thanksgiving. And he said he just kept doing that and retraining his mind when he saw someone to pray for them instead of to judge them. And he, he talks about this incredible joy that he began to experience as he would do that, and I think that's some of what what he was doing was kind of removing this plank from his eye, being able to see more clearly the world the way God intended it. And I think that that's something I hope for all of us. I hope is that my hope for us is that we can be uh, a community that knows god's love, that we will no longer be worried about pennies, but embrace the abundant riches that God can pour out on all of us. There's a scripture. One last scripture we'll throw up. This is from Titus, and it says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful, peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. So my hope is that we can find these scriptures, we can live them, we can write them on our hearts. Um, that We can be a community that begins to, remove this plank from our eyes, and that we can uh, retrain our minds to speak blessings and thanksgiving to God. That we can be free, full of joy, have deep relationships. So, will you pray with me? Dear God, uh, I pray that you will help us in this, Lord. That you will um, you will transform us, that you will continue to, Lord, that you will show us the ways and the times that we're judging. That you will uh, speak your worth to us lord we're thankful that you did declare us priceless and that you um you do love us so much and that we don't have to be tied to what everyone else is doing around us to figure out our worth lord but that you offer us all that you are and all the all the love we could want i pray that you'll teach us how to receive that and lord that you give us the discipline to retrain our minds and our hearts Uh, be with us tonight in jesus name amen